Check, check. Good morning, everybody. I'm Troy, and I'm an addict. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Monday Morning Motivational. I, uh, yesterday, oh, that's right, I'm leaving this door open. Yesterday on my way home, I was running through my head, and I was thinking about, you know, some of the silly sitcoms that we've watched in our time, and Blossom came up in my head. I started thinking about Blossom. Whoever watched Blossom? Anybody ever watched Blossom? Stupid hat. So, why do you think that show is even important to me at all? Does anybody remember that show well enough to remember why it might be important? The oldest brother in that show, his name was Tony. And his character in the show was a recovering addict. Um... And as simple and elementary as that show was, and the humor level, it was, I mean, it was clearly set up for 14-year-olds, you know? It was not set up for, for deep philosophical thinking. However, there was some deep philosophical shit in that show, like for being, you know, early 90s and, and the way people thought about addiction then. Um, they did their best to, to sort of take some of the stigma out of it, um, Anyway, so in thinking about it, I, I got home, and I queued it up, and I started watching. And I, you know, I was doing housework, and while I had housework on, I just had it playing. We all do that sometimes. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's just a TV show in the background. And uh, I heard a line. I heard him say a line, and it struck me to the point I had to go back, rewind, and watch that whole episode because I had to know what the hell he meant when he said that line. And it led me to where we stand right now, where... First of all, everybody, I want you right now to remember the very first time, not the first time you used, but the very first time you ever had a good fucking time using. The first time. Anybody remember that? Remember when it was fun? Remember when it was fun? So I don't like war stories. I hate war stories. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, an abbreviated clip. I remember... Now, my first drug use was Reds. I had a whole handful. Um, I thought they were cinnamon Red Hots. They were underneath my brother's mattress. I thought he was hiding candy. Um, and I ate this handful of Red Hots and woke up in the hospital. Um, I was nine. So that was my first use, and that wasn't fun. Nothing about it. Nothing. I got in trouble. My brother hated me. He didn't trust me for years after that. In addition to that, I had a relatively unpleasant time, and I don't remember anything after the unpleasant time. I remember getting sick, and I remember waking up in the hospital. But the first time I smoked weed, I remember the characters. I remember the scenario. I remember the location, and it was fun. I'm not going to lie to you. I would, I, would be, I would be completely telling you an untruth if I didn't say I remember that as fun. Does anybody else have that memory where they, where they remember a time that it was fun? You know why? Because we get to make one choice in our addiction. We get to choose how it starts. We get to choose how it starts. And most of us make that choice based around a time that we're going to enjoy. And we do. We do. There was a time where we got high where it was fun and it made us feel good. And the next day wasn't terrifying. And the next hour wasn't horrifying. And we didn't know what dope sick meant. We get to choose, this is the quote, 
We get to choose how our addiction starts. But guess what, people? We do not get to choose how it ends. We don't. We don't have any say in that. Because once it starts, once the car is running, and my dad used to say, when you start an argument with your wife, he used to always say, you fucking started the lawnmower, mow the grass, boy. And that's what happened. I started the lawnmower. And as soon as I did, I realized that I could chemically alter myself to feel better. Until I couldn't anymore. Until then it was just maintaining. Until then it was just trying to not be sick. Until then it was just trying to survive. Until then it was just trying to figure out how I'm going to get over. Until then it was figuring out how I became evil. Live and evil, same letters, guys. I only knew how to evil. I didn't know how to live. I had made choices. And I had made decisions that had left me to a place where I was no longer a victim. I was now a volunteer. There's about 12 hours between victim and volunteer. When you make the decision to no longer be a victim, and you continue to use, you're volunteering. You've made a conscious choice. So, the quote in full is, you get to choose how it starts, but you don't get any say in how it ends. I heard that come out of somebody's mouth on a 90s TV show. I talked a couple weeks ago about the importance of educating society. I talked about the pandemic change. CDC announced it announced on January 9th that no longer was COVID the largest threat to the American people. As of the 9th of January, they decided that the most dangerous threat to the American people between the ages of 18 and 45, was fentanyl. The CDC changed the pandemic from COVID to fentanyl. There are more deaths each day from fentanyl than there are from car accidents, COVID, and suicide combined. Combined. So, to, to remove the politicization around the virus, some of us have made choices to get vaccine or not get a vaccine, to wear a mask or not wear a mask, to participate in social distancing, to not participate in social distancing. But either way you look at it, we've all educated ourselves, we've made a decision, and we stand firm on, the, on our platform. We stand firm where we are. How we feel about those issues is how we feel, and we're willing to talk about them. How about this? How about today, fuck those issues? How about today we're willing to talk about drug addiction? We're willing to talk about the dangers of fentanyl? We're willing to talk about one person in every eight minutes dies of a fentanyl overdose in the United States of America. Every eight minutes. While I'm doing this motivation, three people will die of a fentanyl overdose. So if we're willing to stand strong on our feelings on covid the politicization about it, a political candidate, any of that. If we're willing to stand strong and educate ourselves on that, damn it, I expect you to stand strong, educate yourself on the dangers of fentanyl and what's happening out there. And I want you to talk about it. I don't want you to sit with the knowledge and know these things. I want you to share them. I want you to talk about it. When you meet that person who says, my homie just got a bag, right then, start talking about fentanyl. 
Start to, and, and open it with every eight minutes somebody dies of a fentanyl overdose. Educate yourself, know what you're talking about, and spread the word. Let's remove the stigma around addiction. There's not a weird person in this room, but there's people out there that think we are. There's not a weak person in this room, but there's people out there who think we are. We're stronger than a lot of those people have ever imagined being. We are superhero strong. We have faith beyond faith. And if you don't think we do, I don't care about your higher power right now. I'm talking about faith. If you don't think we do, whoever had faith that somebody who owed him money was going to pay him back? Who had faith that the dope man was going to return with a bag? Who had faith their car was going to start the day they went out, walked out and got inside the car to go get a bag or a bottle? Who had faith that they weren't going to get fired after they called three days off in a row because they were using? But they walked back in like they didn't miss a goddamn beat. I mean, this is real talk. This is all the negatives that we had faith in. If we can have faith, you know, yesterday that comedian said something that got to me. He said, you know, bravery or courage is very different as I get older. You know, he made the joke about, you know, at, at the age of 55, the thing that proved his courage was eating ribs on a white shirt. I remember walking down an alley into a group of people that were not the same as me and being terrified. But I still went, still did what I had to do because I had faith. So if I can have faith in things that are terrifying, if I can have faith in things that are negative, if I can have faith in things that literally kill me, why can't I have faith in something that might help me? You know who's done more time in jail and rehabs than any of us? In fact, all of us combined haven't done as much time as this person. Who wants to answer me? Your higher power. Your higher power. No matter what your secular beliefs are, whether it's Jesus or whether it's Allah, I don't care what you believe, but the people, the figure that we put in the place of the deity, how many of us leave him in here when we go? How many of us left him locked up in jail when we got out? How many of us read Bibles sitting on our cots and then didn't read them the day we got out? Me too. So having faith is something we've proven we've got. We've just used it a little bit wrong. But understanding that the only part of me carrying my higher power with me that's necessary is faith. And I have that. Your higher power doesn't matter. I don't care what the name of it is. I don't care if it's, you know, a, a little statue of a puppy dog. I don't care what it is. Have faith in it. Trust it. Move forward and ask it for help when you need it. Have faith in the positives that you have been exposed to. Have faith in understanding that the knowledge you're getting is going to get to be more and more and more. And it's going to mean more. It's going to start to mean more to you. I live my life 100% in recovery. 
because it's where I'm comfortable. When I start becoming uncomfortable in that situation, it's time for me to have faith in my higher power again. Because having faith in the negatives that I lived with is what led me to this room initially. Not this room, but a a rehab. And then I start to practice my faith, and I start to practice my belief, and I start to practice these things. And the minute I walk out the door, I abandon that higher power again. And I leave him right where I found him. So I'm asking you guys to do your best not to do that today. Do your best to have the faith in your higher power that you need to have. Um, And lastly, I heard in the readings this morning, even though it was the wrong day, but I think it was funny because it was meaningful. It meant something. When When we accidentally read the wrong day and it hits us where we live, that's our higher power, guys. That's... That's our higher power. Yesterday, I had an individual that was shocked because we had the same thought at the same time in this room. The challenge of understanding your own empathy is going to be posed to you here. You're going to have to face it. Anybody in the room have a random thought that pissed them off that they don't even know where it came from ever since they've been here? You know what that is? That's empathetic feeling. That means you're feeling... Someone else's feelings in this room, you're adapting them. You're starting to understand the way other people feel without them talking about it. That's shocking. So when you start to find yourself thinking of things that don't make sense, things that don't necessarily have a conclusion or resolve in your own mind, the odds are is you're bleeding someone else's thoughts. You're sitting there experiencing someone else's thoughts because you're Empathy is starting to grow. The longer clean time you get, the more in touch you get with your own feelings, the more in touch you get with the feelings around you. Does anybody come out here in the morning, sat down at the table, and one of the guys in the table didn't look right, and then all of a sudden you felt weird? Because you're starting to empathize with the people around you. So if you have a scary thought today, check and see if it's your own. First, ask if it's your own thought. And then look around the people near you and see if maybe there's somebody near you who might be experiencing what you're thinking in real life. And then talk to them about it. They're going to be shocked. They're going to be scared. It's going to be a little weird. The first time you tell somebody something they're thinking and they're not ready for it, it's shocking to both parties. But as you get used to it, you'll start to be able to control it. And then you'll get better at everything you do. Because when you walk into a room... You're playing to the room every single time because when you get there, you start to experience the feelings of the people there. So that's a positive. Um, What I was getting to with the reading is he said one of my favorite sentences, the sum of our parts. We are worth so much more than the sum of our parts. Who we were literally built who we are. I often ask the question, if I took a 1977 Corvette and I broke it down, into individual parts, and I laid it out on the blanket. And then I parked a fully assembled running 1976 Corvette, the one with the NASCAR paint job on the side. If I parked that right next to the pile of parts, which is worth more? The whole car. The parts, you might be able to individually sell those parts and eventually get close to the dollar value. But you can sell that car one time and make 
all the money possible because you've added in the cost of labor. The car is in its fully assembled condition is useful. It has a purpose and somebody wants it. But the pile of parts that's beside it, somebody only needs one of those. They don't need all of them, so they're not going to take them. So that pile of parts has to be figured out. Each individual piece has to be calculated on how much it's going to be worth. I have a history of criminal behavior. I have a couple of things in my jacket that are very old now, but I'm not proud of those things. But those things are what made me who I am today. And I'm worth more now as a person to other people, not monetarily, but as a person to other people, I'm worth now way more than I ever could have been before I used drugs. I'm worth more now because somehow, some way, addiction has crept its way into my lifestyle. Not just my life, but my lifestyle. I live in such a way that I am stronger because of who I was. I think clearly because of how I thought cloudily before. I understand my own concepts because I've taken time to listen to myself. And I've learned that collectively, all the things that I've done have made me who I am. So we are worth substantially more than the sum of our parts. The easiest one, easiest example of all, I like the 76 Corvette thing because I got some motorheads in the room, but the easiest one of all is if I take a one carat diamond, princess cut, and I set it on a counter and I put a circle of gold next to it, is it worth more that way or is it worth more set as a beautiful one carat engagement ring? It is worth more set. Because as an engagement ring, it's in demand. People want it. But as pieces, we're only looking at one selected target audience. And that audience is going to have to put those pieces together. And that person better have some jewelry experience or they're just going to do something terrible. So we as junkies, alcoholics, addicts, whatever word you want to use, because we have that in our history... We're more powerful than we were before we had that. We have a knowledge. You know, I, I talk this, I tell this story often that the day my oldest daughter realized how much I really knew was when she came in the house and as she walked up to me, she's wearing a gray sweatshirt, gray hoodie like the one JC's got on. And there was wet spots on the shoulders right here. And I looked at her and I said, you should probably dry your eyes on a napkin instead of your sleeves after you use Visine. And she went... What do you mean? And then I said, you just put Visine in your eyes because you blotted it on your shoulders and I can see it on your sweatshirt. I said, I'm assuming you did that because you just smoked a joint, right? The terror in her face. Holy shit, how does he know? How did he know? Because I'm you. Because I did it. My superpower isn't understanding addiction. My superpower is knowing your behaviors that are proving it to me. That's my superpower. And the counselors in this building, the ones who don't have an addictive history, most of them have a parent, a child, a cousin, a grandparent who suffered through addiction, and they want to change somebody else's life so no one else has to deal with what they dealt with. They carry student debt that they voluntarily signed papers for to come in and help you, to come in and try to help you understand yourself. They're worth more than the sum of their parts 
because they jumped in the pool with us not knowing how to swim. And they're more than happy to sit in there with us until we get our water wings working and then they'll take them off of us and let us swim a lap by ourselves. And then one day we might even get to go off the diving board, but not until they say it's okay. And that brings me to my favorite part. I went over, but I don't really care. Um, brings me to my favorite part of the day, guys. The three things that I ask of you, these are the secrets to a healthy recovery. For everything you've got and everything you lost, I want you guys to be grateful. For all the experiences you've had that have led you to your seat you're in, I don't want you to hate what left you there. I want you to be grateful for those things and know that the next chapter in your life starts now because you made solid choices to end up here. And when we're dealing with each other, this morning I heard somebody upset, not upset, but less than thrilled with the fact that their yogurt had gone missing a couple times today. But did you guys hear how he presented it? He was kind. He laughed through it. He didn't stand up and go, next motherfucker takes my yogurt. He's going to burn dirt, dirt, dirt. Like, we didn't hear that. Have we heard that in here before? Yeah. Hell yeah, we have. About yogurt. The same, same topic. But he was kind. And it didn't make anybody mad. In fact, it made us all chuckle. And it made us look around. Every, I saw every single one of you look around your table for yogurts. I watched it happen. Because every one of you felt a little bit guilty. You were like, did I do it? Did I fucking take that man's yogurt? Because we do shit sometimes unconsciously and we don't even know it. But we weren't affected negatively by that remark because he was kind when he presented it. And then every one of us has come into this room in the morning sometimes and it's not exactly how we want it. The chairs aren't down, the coffee's not made, the cereal's not out. Why is there still salad dressing from yesterday? Like all of those questions. But instead of us coming in and complaining about it, we just fix it. We make it better. We make it right. We're the ones to add love to the room where there is none. We're the ones to do it. And then I am. For everything I've got, for everything I've stole, for everything I've lost, everything I've pawned, and everything I never, ever, ever have to see again, I will. Be grateful for every interaction I have with another human being or living creature on this plane of existence, whether they're covered in feathers, fur, fins, or leaves. I will be kind. And when I walk into that room that feels empty and feels lifeless and feels alone, I'm going to be the one to change it. I'm going to be the one to be love where there is none. Who's happy they're clean today? I am. Who's going to do some real, real work on themselves today? I am. Who's going to fucking slay that treatment plan they're issued today? What are we doing here today, guys? Crushing that shit! What are we doing to that old nasty addiction we left outside? Crushing that shit! And what are we doing to the recovery plan that we are getting in here? Crushing that shit! I'm Troy and I'm an addict. Thank you guys for letting me share. All right, everybody, your name is on the board underneath a counselor's name and a location. Please go to that location with that counselor. If you don't know how it works, I will gladly help you. Hit that red X.